0: This is comic picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick, what's going hey. on? Oh, it's going, it's going good. Although I have a feeling I'm probably just going to go and pass out as soon as we finish this because, yeah. so I've just been like using the like, the alcohol I, I normally consume for these podcasts. I'll fu- I'm kill off whatever bacterial infection is living in my throat right now. So, so you're gargling with it and then drinking it and. Then... <laughs> I'm not not gargling. I'm not a savage, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't spit. I wouldn't spit good alcohol out. Come on, man. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but it's like, but now it's like, but yeah, it's like, but after that, I mean, like after that, it's like, I'm just, like I said, I'm, it's, it's been like a long day, and, but hey, you know, like I'm here, it's like, cause, hey, you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of year again. It's time when like, Hollywood starts rolling out, it's big comic book movie adaptations. Oh, yeah. And first, yeah, first on the plate, we got Thor. like Thor. 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 Yes, and I've actually been hearing some good things about it. the The advance buzz I've heard, um, like some of the comic book sites have been like, has ranged from you know it's good, like an intro of a popcorn flick, to you must see this to experience Kenneth Branagh's vision on the, on the on the silver screen. So, so I'm so like you know, I'm optimistic, and like the trailers, um, have and the trailers like have left have actually um left me optimistic as well. So. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, I'll like find the time to like see it this weekend. But you know, but, but we'll see. But in the meantime, though, it's like you know, it's like we got Thor movie coming out, so it's time to talk about Thor comics. Now, the thing is with Thor, though, is like when it comes to talking about Thor's comics, like there's basically one man who stands head and shoulders above everything else, and that is Walter Simonson. Simonson um, has basically wrote the defining run on Thor. Lasted for about let's say forty-eight issues, like plus four issue miniseries, and it's like, and he basically like um took took his love of, of um of mytholo- mythology, um great great craggy um rough-hewn art, and knowledge of the medium just like to craft some like most really entertaining like Thor stories or you now like um superhero comics in general to the, to the written page. Now the thing is, okay, first shit you have to realize that, like, a lot of this stuff was written back in, like, you know, he started his run in 1983. So, really, it's like, with any Marvel comic, I mean, it comes with, um, like, that that willing suspension of disbelief to, you know, just look past the fact that just about every single, um, dialogue, um, dialogue bubble in in these comics is basically designed to, um, like, um, convey some sort of exposition to, you know, just talk about the character, have the characters express their thoughts, like, on what's going on, like, who's who slaying who? Why? Like like why this why this attack failed and whatnot? It's yeah, it's ridiculous. I know, but but if you can look past it, I mean, if there's still some really um re- really cool storytelling going go- going on. I mean, um, Brian Hibbs over at um over at uh, over at the Savage Critics, he, he did a great post a couple of weeks back about talking about how um, why we read serialized comics, and he cited The Walking Dead as a great example of that. Basically deciding to how um how kirkman did, does a great job of like you know make um leaving each like like investing in us with a lot of content in each each issue and just making each uh, series like end with like a particular cliffhanger or some sort of point of interest basically like letting us leave leave each month like with a particular like um with a plot point just to like to agonize over what's gonna happen next you know just like to le- leave us with a certain knowledge of like you know what like what horrible th- this horrible thing that happened to our characters in this issue—did it really happen, or is there some sort of mitigating circumstance, or was just a trick by the author? You know, it's like that—that that kind of thing. And that's—and that's the kind of thing that these issues of Thor nail really well. Now, those of you who are familiar with the series of pro- or have familiar with um have heard about Walt Simonson's run on the series, like I did. You're probably familiar with the the um, very first issue of the, in this collection, basically introduces um Beta Ray Bill, an alien. Who is I'm um, traveling? Who's traveling to Earth? We're um, traveling through the cosmos, and I'm um, after Nick Fury. Um, finds him, like um, like picked up his signature. Like he asked Thor to go in and check check him out. Now, and I like, I'm um, Bill, Bill and Thor. I'm um, down for a while, but i um, due to the i um, curse that Thor is under like, to, to uh, turn into uh to revert to uh his alter ego Donald Blake after he, it's like, it's like after uh, he's removed from a certain wat, it's like after he's um. It's gone a certain distance past Earth. He um he turns back into his human alter ego. Bill clubs him, and then he's wondering like, oh, where this the Thor guy go? And like, what am I going to do? And I'm crash crashing landed on Earth, and um and I and I've got all these like I'm shielded and it's breathing on my neck. So he picks up um Blake's walking stick, which is the uh, normal form of Thor's hammer. Hits it, and um suddenly becomes like basically for like a better word, Beta Ray Thor. He hmm. he's got he's got his power, and then. And suddenly he's after I um like um hand shield their ass, um, he's called like um Odin, um, shows up and calls um Thor to Tom Asgard an important business. So he gra- grabs um two grabs on um, Ray Bill and like now you got Don- like um Thor and Donald Donald Blake's body just um wondering like, No, what's happened? Like I how, am I like gonna be stuck in this in this form forever? It's like and he's crying to the to the um skies, Father It's like at the end of the issue. It's like great cliffhanger it's a great introduction to his run and that kind of like he, and simpson does a great job of like getting that kind of cl- cliffhanger like you know i've got to see what happens next a mentality um through a lot of, like through a lot of this run um now the thing is though it's like i will have to say that you know after all i've heard about this partic- that particular issue to see the um to see the um like the cliffhanger mostly re- resolved in the uh, second issue was kind of a was slightly kind of disappointing. I figured you know we would deal with um like Thor like Beta like Beta Ray Bill having Thor's powers for like you know, for a couple of issues and and all, but no, it's like he, he winds up getting his powers back and then they um and then they wind up sorting things out over the next couple of issues. But still, it's like and it's, this is also part of a much larger story that involves um Surtur, the fire god, um of Norse mythology um like making his remaking his his sword his sword Twilight. And I'm um, coming up to um, like be in Ragnarok, and the uh, story that's told over the uh, let's think over like the first let's see what do we got here like first first like 17 issues is the, easily the strongest part of the book, because you can see that like you can t- like um Simmonson talks about it in the back of the book how he had this um this idea for a Thor story that involves Surtur, right? you know, bringing about Ragnarok, you know, in in mind for years. And um and he does a great job of um of slowly um building it up over the course of these issues to the point where you know once searcher starts his march I mean you're thinking like you see this is a big fucking deal I mean you've got like the end of the, this is this is Ragnarok um writ large in Marvel in Marvel's universe and just just to see like all all Marvel heroes like Thor himself and all the Asgardians just like try and stop him it's like and solely fail not just because the plot demands it but just because you know it's like it's they just weren't they just didn't. Didn't, ha- didn't ha- quite, didn't quite make it. I mean, it's great, thrilling stuff. And even in the end, when you find out that you know, well, of course, Ragnarok is averted because you know if they did, then you know, there'd be no more uh, Thor stories or Marvel Universe. I mean, it's like it's it's still um, immensely satisfying. Now, the thing is though, is like after you've got that one, you know, like singular, like great epic right there in these these um these 17 issues, then you've got like um, Simpson does a good job of, like um um playing up the other. Digging into the characters of the their subsequent con- conflicts, such as you know deal- dealing with um, Baldur the Braves, um, return like return from the underworld and how he's just basically like a nervous wreck, a shadow of his former self, and eventually how he eventually re- recovers his courage. Um, Thor's eventual, eventual descent into hell, in the Norse underworld, to um to rescue some human some human um like souls that were um tra- that were uh, trapped there due to um. Due to Loki and uh, Malakath, the Dark Elf scheming, uh, it's like, and also of course, like the um, like we get when Thor is turned into a frog by by his brother Loki scheming, and become and winds up becoming like on um, Thor, the Frog of Thunder. It's it's, it's, a, it's a it's a lot of fun, and it's like it's I said I'm just you just I can't will just keep reading just just see what happens next. I mean, you just get that it has these stories have a great moment momentum to it. I mean, you just want to see what's what's going to happen next. How Simmons going to top himself and for the most part it works really well the problem is that um Simmonson only illustrated like the first two thirds of this run and the and the rest and you no know, and the rest were illustrated by Sal Buscema. now while is no is by no means a shabby artist he does a great job picking up um from Sir Simonson's simmonson's um like techniques uh, he uh it seems like his he his, um, his joining the title um corresponds to like a uh, like a, a loss in momentum like Eventually, like we like we get m- see more superhero team ups. We see um, like like Thor teaming up with an Ersatz Judge Dredd, taking part in the Mut- Mutant Massacre, stuff like that, and also like facing off against traditional supervillains. You get the feeling that you know it's like like Simpson was just kind of like solely, like, uh, like groping for like a uh, a particular direction for this for this show before like, realizing that hey, okay, you know what? Before finally regaining his footing, and um by like, um finishing off with a great run of issues as a store weakened by by Hilla's, um the Lord of Hell's curse, um I i um, throws down with um Jormungand the uh like the world the world serpent and winds up fusing with the Destroyer armor like his his father his father's most most potent weapon I mean it's it's a great it's a great finish to the run and like it makes and it makes up for the, like, the flagging storyline so now the thing is so overall it's a great run of issues assuming yeah, you know you can just look past the whole like um Mar like um it, um, exposition heavy Marvel style this time. The other thing you might want to um, take in mind is that is that these uh, um, the um, volume I got that collects um Simonson's run is not only a fucking brick, it is also um really goddamn expensive. Um, it's let's see, I mean for the forty eight issues collected here, the cover price is um is like one hundred twenty five bucks now. Certainly I I didn't pay um like full price for this because tch, you know like that, because you know like that's uh, just like way outside of my price range for just about any any novel, any graphic novel period. But Amazon, however, is selling it for about as I look right now, seventy three dollars and, and three cents. So that's like a, that's like more than fifty dollars off the cover price, and it certainly makes the you know, whole whole endeavor easier to take. So really make this is the since this run is the definitive um, run on Thor, and if you can look, like I said, if you look past, like if you if you can sum up the price and like the um eighty at the eighty style of the series, you know, it's like you've got um, it's like then then I I h- hardly recommend it. I mean, it's I wouldn't be surprised if now the thing is though is that the uh, Thor movie though seems to be drawing drawing more heavily from from J Michael Straczynski and um, even more in Ellis's run on the series. Now, uh, now John, you know you know mm right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, he's yeah. So like he's the creator creator of Babylon Five, and he even had a run on a recent run on Thor, which I've talked about um on I talked about on the on our website um, for a while. Now, thing is um now, now while people like now his run was generally well received, and people are saying is oh it's the best thing since Simonson's run. Well, the problem is like yeah, the, while he's certainly a talented writer, and these the first two volumes are great, um the third volume is just kind of like a, such a, uh, oh yeah, so you're taking Thor into like um, Marvel crossover madness with Siege. Um, no, I don't want any part of that. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and wrap my, wrap my stuff up now. So ultimately you've got like, let's see, it's like third, it's like, like 15 issues of his total in his run. And um basically in any, it just basically reeks of, oh, I got to wrap this up now. um Like in, um to, like to conclude it. I mean, it's, to be honest, really, it's like, yeah, you may it may have had the potential to eventually, like, you know, be on par or even better than Simonson's run. But the end result is something that's just kind of like, eh. I mean, it's like, it's, yeah, it's like it's couple, several, like, a, over a dozen issues of Straczynski, Straczynski goodness followed by a complete flameout. And then um, Kieran Gillen coming in to pick up the pieces with um, variant Prometheus and his subsequent siege tie-ins. So, do I recommend those those volumes? Well, I don't know. It's like, eh, I don't know if you can find them. If you find them for half off or or less in a in a bargain bin, then absolutely, um, full price and not so much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, now, the thing is, it was like, well, Thor's been written by a lot of um, different um, characters um, writers over the years. Like, I haven't really bought a whole lot, mainly because like a lot of the writers that I pay attention to just you know, haven't really gravitated towards the character. A couple exceptions, however, are as I mentioned, Warren Ellis. And um, Garth Ennis. Now Ellis wrote a story way back in the ni- in the mid nineties called World Engine. And we're talking like this is back in okay, first printing list is look at the the um in, the um copyright on this volume says yeah, this is written back in ninety five and ninety six. Basically around the time when he was writing Transmetropolitan, Or just about to. Now it's now World Engine, um generally I think I'm pretty sure it's out of print right now. in fact, I don't even think Amazon is offering it on for sale. Oh wait, my bad okay apparently like Amazon just says that a uh, hardcover collection of of the series has been like was reissued back on March thirtieth and you can buy it right now for uh for about um thirteen thirteen dollars and fifty nine cents um it's considerably more than the paperback edition which which i have which runs for about ten bucks and you can also buy on on amazon um new and used though not directly from the uh from, from, from the site itself now world engine basically um has, has ellis you know take taking his um approach to uh, reinventing a character using his his um grim and sarcastic worldview, I mean, basically this opens with Thor, Thor dying and being rejected by his dad, and, you know, about to, uh, about to, um, off himself before being attacked by, by a bunch of, by a bunch of zombies, by a bunch of, um, by a bunch of, um, um, ancient evil Viking zombies, and this leads into, um, him up with his, with his, um, ancient enemy, the Enchantress, and, um, and eventually find out that the world tree of, of Norse myth has basically um has basically been tampered with to con- in order to convince in order to um convince itself that um Thor is that um Thor is dying and so he's dying in real life. It's it's an interesting concept, though um what's more more of interest is is the uh let's see let's see, is the uh is a is a policeman that elves um uh, interested in the series, um Mr. Curzon, a Brit – British guy who basically um, reeks of, like, you know, the standard Ellis, Ellis-isms being, um, you know, like a magnificent bastard and all, just just being a dick just about everyone, and just, you know, and just, like, that kind, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's through him that we learn that um, Ellis posits some interesting, like, ideas about, like, how to re- re- see, reinvent Thor for the 90s, at least. Basically, like, talking about how they're... They're not actually, like, actual Asgardians, but actual... But, you know, just character... But just, you know, aliens who are just, like, so far advanced that they've... that say that they appear to be, um... Like, you know, magical in nature. I mean, it's... It's an interesting concept, and if what I've heard about the Thor movie is, right, this... Um, the movie actually seems to borrow a bit from this, from this idea, as I heard, I've heard that the, uh... <clears throat> that all the Asgardians, like, do, like, actually have a world world far, far from our own. So it's... So it's interesting, but still, it's, like, um, World Engine is kind of, it's a nice story, and I'm, and I'm sure, like, would have been would great, you know, had I read this in the 90s, would sure would blow my mind, and thought, hey, you know, I gotta read more of this, uh, like, this Warren Ellis guy, but as it is now, it's, it's an interesting curio, I and mean, you can see, I mean, I mean you can, see, it's fun seeing Ellis, like, um, apply his craft back in the day, but it's more, it's more of a completist thing, if you want to pick it up, now, the other now the other thing I'm talking about um Thor Vikings by Garth Ennis and Glenn Fabry. well okay now see the thing is whenever whenever you read like a um Marvel superhero Marvel comic by um by Garth Ennis it doesn't involve um the Punisher it's always um it's always a game to uh like you know just to think about yourself okay so how much respect is he going to show the character this time because you know Ennis, you know, sometimes when when he's when he's not writing about a character he's fully invested in, like say, uh, uh, let's see, like say, um, the mid, like like the Midnighter, or uh, well, uh, who else has he done for, or Spider-Man? Um, he's he's still a competent writer, but he's, you can tell he's on autopilot. He's just like um, doing it doing his like uh, psych- usual shtick and just you know it's like collecting the paycheck right there. Thor Vikings is an interesting a um, middle ground between this it's basically the idea is that it's, that you've got a bunch of really nasty um, Vikings um, who were cursed um, in the in the year one seeing in the year one thousand and whatnot and basically let's see what's it one thousand three or one thousand one thousand five whatever mm-hmm. um, and they're second like, they're they're cursed, cursed to of the the uh, one of the seas for a thousand years and when they show up in New York they're like like massively power, powerful, indestructible undead zombie Vikings, and they just lay waste to the town. And when Thor shows up, he gets his ass handed to him in the most—it's like in the most brutal in a, in a fairly brutal way. It's like it's—it's. You it's, know, on one hand, yeah, it's like it's—you get the feeling that on one hand, like Ennis is like you know, like showing his typical contempt for um, Marvel superheroes with. With with Thor's treatment here, but you also got to admire like how he um shows Thor's like um will, like inability to actually like you know give up in the like in the face of cert- of certain defeat. It's like and, and also like even though it's like his uh... then you've also got his um, take on Doctor Strange, which you know on one hand it's like it does strike, strike me as um bit more um effem- effeminate um than. You expect from the character, but he actually um, does a good take on the, on on Strange's abilities, showing you like like the rules in which he must must operate. And I actually like that. But the thing, but then you've also got, um, but then you have um, Strange um, and Thor teaming up to um, draw three champions from the original um, like, uh, Norseman who cursed the Vikings to try and um, like. To try to come, try and um stop um these undead zombie Vikings from taking over New York. You've got um your your girl Viking, your your girl Norrisman who wants to um go out on a great epic quest, but you know, can't because she's a girl. Then you've got a crazed um like crusade they've got a crazed crusader who's just like going around like um killing killing all the heathens just you know, this because like, he loves that stuff. And you also got like a, a world uh, a German World War Two fighter pilot who um they even want to bring in his um his uh <sighs> His airplane along, and it's, and you know, it's like even though it's like it's, it's not really like different or, it's like or like you know, like particularly inspiring by by Ennis's normal standards, it's still a fun. He still actually does, he gets the feeling that he actually does feel a bit more invested in, um, in the story than he, than he usually does for his, for his Marvel or just like straight up superhero stuff. So it's it's not a bad buy, but yeah, it's it's more for it's more for Ellis, more for Ennis completists too. But still, it's not it's not bad and. And Thor get, and it's, um, Thor gets some, some nice, real nice moments in the end when he, but he um, shows charges up, um, fully empowered, and tells the uh, Viking evil zombie Viking commander kiss on!" And then um, I proceed to knock him right into orbit. I mean that. See, that's good stuff right there. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's not bad, but I uh, hardly essential by any means. So now, Thor is also currently at the. Uh, center of the marvel's um current crossover on fear itself which has the disadvantage of you know not being um not being a crossover i can sum up you can sum up as easily as marvel's previous ones so even though it's written by Matt fraction and i'm drawn by the incomparable Stuart or monon you know it's like i'm more interested in the fact that it's you know the next step in this in the overall narrative of the marvel universe than for anything it presents in itself well, you know, except for like, Monin's artwork. artwork, like that man man can do no wrong, I tell you. Uh-huh. S- still and also I've heard like good things about um Kieran Gillen's um, in like like fill in run between um Straczynski and and Fraction himself, and also his um current how he's um currently taking up the reins on um on on Journey into Mystery, which is basically like the um Thor series, now um like the vest of Thor itself. Basically it's involved. Loki, I'm trying to convince people that, hey, you know, I'm not actually lying to you this time. i should, I actually should trying to help you guys out. So that sounds that sounds fun, and I'm looking forward to checking it out at some point. But still, you know, when it comes to Thor, like, Walt, Sim- Walt Simpson is still, like, the first and last word on the title. And if you want to know what, what um, what's so special about it, you're going to want to check him out. Yeah. So, I've talked enough. And that's about it. So next week, hopefully, so I'll be back to um talk about um the one of like the, the last Tokyo Pop title that um that I'll be reading, um, Future Diary, which you know um was volume ten was published and I had to send back because it was glued it out of my volume. But now I've got got volume ten, and well, problem is I think like, there's still two more volumes worth of uh of content after that. How am I ever going to find find a way to read those? Hmm, I wonder. Well, (laughs) you'll just have to come back in two weeks to find out. All right, people? Yes. Okay, people. Take it easy. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Night.